Happy Friday, everyone. It's Paul Cross, Dispatch Podcast Week in Review. I am once again joined by Carol. Hi, Carol. Hi, Paul. It's been a very busy week. I'm a bit emotionally drained <laughs> this week. <laughs> we had the summit on Monday, which was a, a big day. What did you think about it? A huge day, even though it was only half a day. Lots of great conversations. Well, thanks everyone for coming and attending, and especially for the speakers. We had a great turnout. It was officially opened by Jed Carney. I thought she had some really interesting things to say about newborn screening and then identifying some reforms around the prosthesis list, which I think everyone in the life sciences sector needs to be watching what's happening there. Her comments around the international HTA, Health Technology Assessment Collaboration, were concerning to me, the fact that they thought it was appropriate enough to mention that. Anne Rustin was interesting. Obviously, she's still coming to terms with the portfolio. I'm almost sure that she is the first shadow health minister who's in the Senate. Right. Uh, So that'll be really, really interesting because we have Senate estimates this week. So she's going to get a first-hand opportunity to really scrutinise the officials and decision-making. I'm really looking forward to that, but she was interesting. And Kylie Tink, the member for independent member for North Sydney, she had a massive impact on the day because she essentially issued an invitation to the industry to come and talk to me. She wants to have a discussion about a wider strategic framework for pharmaceutical and therapeutic intervention policy. Obviously, she's she's articulated an agenda around corporate tax reform, and that's that's interesting, and I think probably concerning for some in the industry. But it was a much wider discussion that she brought to the summit, and I thought that was that was really really interesting. My frustration, and it continues to be my frustration, is the disconnect between the public presentation of what's happening in a policy sense and the private discussion. So even on the day, things were presented in quite a positive light, but the private discussion in the breaks was very negative. And I'm not saying that the industry has to engage in a level of self-flagellation, but there needs to be some honesty. But I just think in the public presentation, there's got to be an acknowledgement that things are not going the way people had thought. And the public presentation, the very positive public presentation of issues is not really consistent with the reality. So tempering expectations after two years of raising them is difficult, but but I certainly think it's the way forward. And Medicines Australia has a new group of directors. I see this morning you had some strong words. Well, yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's – if we're going to have these elections every year, that's, that's something that needs to be investigated because it's an incredibly bad idea that the industry is distracted for two or three months every year electing new directors. More broadly – this election, I think, reflects and the, and the outcome reflects uh, the anger that we've talked about. There's a lot of anger about what's going on, particularly around pricing and this new agreement, which I've compared to sort of like this Hiroshima, this <laughs> atomic bomb that's gone off, arbitrary price cuts, across the board price cuts, and then the sort of government officials sit around a table and decide which ones are worth saving. And and I think that is that is not how you run policy. And that's before you get to all the other issues that – are in in the process of being revealed in these agreements. I don't think anyone's happy. So these directors have an agenda for change. And I think part of that is to get real and do no harm mindset is how we've described it this morning is that there's this great leap forward doctrine is that we can engage in a process and get this huge positive reform in one in one single process and it's just a nonsense. It's not how the system has ever worked and it's not how public health programs should work. It's got to be incremental, gradual, slow 
change towards a long-term goal around reform. And that takes years. And I'm sorry if people don't like that. People always think it's negative and cynical. It's not. It's realistic. Got to make sure, the industry has to make sure that it's approaching those things in, in the way it would anything else. And I always compare it to a commercial decision by a pharmaceutical company. If I launch a product, I will spend years developing that product, gathering evidence, building the case for why this product is needed, understanding what the competitive environment is, the other products that we're going to be competing with and how they're developing their products or approaching the market. Well, policy is exactly the same. But this sort of industry just sort of turns up to meetings, throws an idea on the table and then wonders why it doesn't get adopted. And it's, and it's time, frankly, the industry needs to grow up and start acting more professionally towards the external environment. And I know that annoys a lot of people when I say that, well, bad luck. This is actually really, this is really, really important. And I'm, I'm sort of fed up and angry with this constantly happening where it's just getting done over because ultimately it's patients who suffer the consequences of this. And we see that this week where a company has been forced to delist a medicine for 300 people with multiple sclerosis. Mm. Now, this is an old drug, but these patients have been on it for a long time. Now, presumably, because it works for them, and in discussions with their clinician, they've decided that, that, that it works for them. So they've now got to go through the process of getting on another drug. Now, there are alternatives, but they're on this drug for a reason. And it's almost like there's no regard for the, the, the patient experience here. And I think this is just a terrible situation. And frankly, the people responsible for this policy and this outcome should be forced to explain it to these patients. You know, but instead, government officials and some people in the industry go behind a closed door, lock it, and decide the future of this program. And it is no way to run policy. And there's no way to run a public health program. And it needs to change. And I hope the new directors, congratulations to them. They are all individually highly capable people with a lot of integrity. Uh, they, they, they're obviously very successful in their in their in their corporate roles. I hope they bring an understanding to their role as directors of this industry association that they need to respect the environment, and that means understanding it and making sure they get the right advice and they take the right advice. But I, I often speak to some some people who I'm close to in the industry about the fact that the industry doesn't know what it doesn't know. The issue is not confined to the fact it doesn't get the right advice. It doesn't know what that is and it, and it can't recognise it. It's very good at engaging politically but that's not where the problem is. The problem is in the bureaucracy and I, and I just hope that those new directors come in, ask the right questions and get the best possible advice, accept the need for that advice and then, then act on it, because, and implement it and implement it because it's – the, the situation on its current trajectory is going to get far worse before it gets better. And this public celebration of a HTA review that hasn't even started yet, I, I just, I, I beggars belief to me that, that you're celebrating something that isn't even underway. Whilst the walls are crashing down around you on all of these other processes that have been weaponized, to think that this process will be different, people want to be sort of ambitious and have a positive outlook, that's fine. But as I say, when you launch a product, you don't do it without consideration of the, the wider environment. Well, this has to be exactly the same. So what are the it, risks? Is it blind optimism or naivety? Both. Naivety leading to blind optimism <laughs> or the other way around as a chicken and egg argument. I, I, and the thing is, it's easily fixed. It's, it could be fixed like that. It, it, just, it, it could be fixed tomorrow. You just have to get the starting point right. And that is understand what you're engaging with. So more consultation? More expertise. 
understanding that policy policy development and engaging government at the bureaucratic decision-making level is not about attending fundraising events and political events and meeting programs in Parliament House. It's about understanding the minutiae, which is why it was really good that Felicity from BAA spoke at the summit about the grind they've gone through to get one little change in the opiate dependence treatment program. Those two words. Those two words in the enabling legislation for the general PBS copay reduction. But that's taken three years. But it's an incremental change, a detailed substantive change that's going to lead to a really, really positive outcome for patients. This idea that a process is going to deliver this great leap forward <laughs> in timely patient access, it's just not going, it's just not going to happen. It doesn't mean it can't happen and it doesn't mean it shouldn't be an industry objective, but you've got to get the starting point right. It's not going to happen in 12 months. And, okay, so the next few weeks, what are we expecting? Well, the 15th of November is the day that everyone will receive their final outcomes on their requests for relief from next April's statutory price cuts. Who knows what happens then? We, we probably won't be notified until next year of the final outcomes, but I think we'll probably get a sense of what they are. A lot of companies who had no relief or some relief have resubmitted uh, requesting they've resubmitted additional information requesting further relief or some relief. So we'll see how that goes. Senate estimates is this week, so that's the first Senate estimates hearings for the new government. That should be really, really interesting to see how that goes, how the, the coalition and crossbench senators work work in that environment. Those hearings tend to get a cadence when a government's been in for quite a long time. The same issues are raised consistently. So it'll be interesting to see how that's how that changes this time around. So I'm really looking forward to that. It is a fantastic process and one one that is often underutilized by stakeholders. Uh, I think that the secret is it's not just about submitting questions to be asked. You've got to coach them. Because one thing officials are very effective at is obfuscation. <laughs> and, and and sort of saying, well that's a very interesting question, Senator, but you're looking at it the wrong way. Jane Holton was always a past master at that. So I think that will be interesting. And then we're sort of almost at, at the end of the year. So we will we will see how that how that goes. And maybe uh, we might get some in the next few weeks anyway, we might get some progress on this HTA review in the terms of reference. I will be gobsmacked if if the government is not close to finalising those terms of reference. And so they are presented to the reference committee as this is what we're going to do. That 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 whole issue and the management of that process goes to the industry needing to equip itself with the best possible advice. Because that whole process could be over at the first meeting. If 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 the government and its officials manage it in the way I expect they will. So that that is the the where it begins and ends for me is that that first meeting. But we will see. Before you wind us up, Paul. We've been talking about asking you guys yes. for your questions. Yeah, so what we want to do is we want everyone to submit questions and we will answer them in the uh, the weekly roundup. Then you, you submit them anonymously, so we know Promise people. Promise to protect we, your identity. We, we will protect your identity. So just email them directly to me maybe or, or Carol and, and we'll write something about this early next week. But we would really like to get some of your questions and start a, a wider di- dialogue about, about what's going on. So we look forward to getting those. Thank you, Carol. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>